This is Queen speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work, to money, to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? Hey, Sid. Hey, Brown. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! And happy 50th episode. Ding, 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 ding. We're celebrating. We're dancing. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but we're rocking. But we are, because we're super excited. Episode 50. This, to me, was like a big... 50 felt like a big number. I'm amped about this. Me too. And exactly what we talked about last week is we need to celebrate this accomplishment. Although it isn't a new year, it still counts. Yeah. (laughs) We're celebrating this accomplishment (laughs) because we we didn't see this. You told me to take it one at a time when we first started, and I appreciate you doing that, but I'm so jazzed that we're at 50. I'm jazzed. We've d- we done did it. We did done do it. Go us. High fives all around. All right. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> hmm. Updates. <laughs> What's your update, Bron? Uh, vacation time. Yes. I love the end of the year because it's like an automatic assumed almost two weeks off usually with like the way the holidays fall and like I took a couple like three extra PTO days nice and what is glorious about it is just a clear calendar Mm -hmm. family time rest and relaxation Mm -hmm. um I always feel like that helps me get in the right headspace for January and then the actual month is less because it's December's always like, let's get everything wrapped up. And yeah. like, let me see you. And like, let's get holiday drinks and exchange gifts and cards. All that good stuff. Uh, but I think January is just, a, it's refreshing. It's a clean start. You don't have anything on your calendar that you don't want on your calendar. A thousand percent. And I'm really excited to see what this year brings. Me too. High hopes. Really high hopes. But like manageably high. Yeah. Not like scary Oprah high. As like I said. usually am. Achievements of growth over yes. or growth over achievements. Yes, that is our mindset, and we are sticking to it. Yes, soup's excited. What about you? So I realized something recently that meal prep is easier when I'm not in school. <laughs> surprise, surprise! <laughs> the other day, I realized as I was meal prepping, I'm like, "Hey, this doesn't feel so bad. Like you went to the grocery store today and didn't want to hurt yourself. <laughs> like it wasn't all bad today." And Usually that's honestly how I feel. Like my anxiety feels like it fully takes over when I need to go grocery shopping. But I realized what it actually is, is because my homework schedule was usually on a weekend. Trying to think about doing homework and prepping class stuff for the week. That's like where my max was. Mm -hmm. And I had no capacity to even think about like what I needed for the following week when it came to lunches, when it came to dinners. And that's why Sun Basket was so great for the time that we were using it. But I now realize that since it's not something that I actually hate going to the grocery store, I went like thick of the day on a Sunday and made it through. And it was like really bad. And I still did it. 
But I was like, oh my gosh, okay, so this is something you should pay attention to. So what I'm hoping to do for, you know, the coming weeks is to understand, okay, once you get back into the school groove, maybe doing your buying during the week and just making it a long day and just going to the store during the week and then doing it like on a Friday night because usually I don't do anything on Friday nights. So that can be reserved for meal prep. So I'm, I'm looking at like changing up my time management, looking at what worked and what didn't and having growth. And so I'm like, okay, you can do this. You can make time. You just need to like reconfigure some things. Yeah, I would fully agree that the shopping and meal prepping in the same day is very overwhelming. Very much so. And I like grocery shopping. Mm, I still, I don't love it still, but it wasn't as painful as it usually is. So I think I'm going to steal that. I'm going to hop on that train. Yeah. And it just takes some extra planning, right? Like it just takes knowing what recipe you're going to have and having your list versus like thinking on Sunday, like I'm going to leisurely go to the store today and then leisurely prep all my food and think that I'm also going to get homework done. Like that's just not the way next semester is going to go. I can already tell. So it was a good reflection, honestly, to say like, oh, this is why this wasn't working. So what do we need to do for next semester so you don't buy lunch out every day, especially when it's frigid and I have no plans to go outside. True. So that's where I'm at. Um, What is inspiring you this week, Bron? I ordered the 23andMe Health and Ancestry Kit. Cool! Which is the more expensive version. I think it clocks in at $199. Whoa! But... (laughs) I signed up for their email because I heard about around the holidays that they do Old like discount half off. I got an email notification that was like, last chance to get 50% off. And I was like, so 50% <laughs> off? Yeah, it was crazy. It's not like some like joke 20% that you know just cover shipping. Right. Wow. So, That's awesome. So um, next time that comes around, sign up. Give a girl a heads up. Uh, but that was... I like to get myself personal gifts for holidays. As we should. So I did. (laughs) Um, But I'm pretty excited and nervous to learn what these results may be. I don't know them yet, so stay tuned for that information. That's going to be fun to share. (laughs) Um, But this one's nice because it's a little bit more robust than just the, like, ancestry kit. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this one dives into genetic health risks. So things like your risk for breast cancer, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, etc. Wow. Um, your ancestry. So all about where your DNA is coming from. Maybe I am Polish, Irish, German, and Swedish. Or maybe I'm As not. As we just always suspected. <laughs> That's what I've been told. Well, now we're going to confirm the it. <laughs> um, then also wellness-related things. So how your genes affect lifestyle habits. So sleeping, weight, weight gain, weight loss, uh, lactose intolerance, which I would be very curious to see if this is something that's a problem area or if it's just that I need to reinstate my gut bacteria. I was going to say, because like I would guess that it is a thing, but you're right. Like we really don't know because we're not the experts. We mm-hmm. can just like kind of infer from what we're given, but to have like the hard evidence is going to be really cool. Yeah. Then also carrier status for inherited conditions, which is usually something that's helpful to know if you're going to have kids or whatever. Oh. Which we'll see. That's awesome. Probably not. (laughs) Um, And then just like interesting 
uh, facts about how your DNA influences your traits, like facial features or how you taste and smell things. So, like, you know, the cilantro, soapy, Ooh, or yes, or why you love it because you love it, right? I'm into it. I also love it. I only know one person that doesn't. Yeah. Hmm. That's really cool. I, you know, I knew about, you know, 23andMe, but just the ancestry part, I didn't realize there was, like, the health piece of it. Mm-hmm. And that is really interesting to learn about because, again, those are the things that unless your family knows or you have access to that kind of information, and even still, some people don't have that, then, you know, to have all of that kind of at your fingertips is really exciting. Yeah, and I like to – I'm the kind of person that likes to have – I do better with more information than less information. You're going to say a thing that we know. (laughs) The more detail I can have, the better I can plan. I agree with that. I totally agree (laughs) with that. And and it's interesting because sometimes, like, that feels like it could be a scary thing to find out. But I agree with you that, like, because you're healthy right now, to have the information up front will be a good, like you said, like planning process. Yeah, for, like preventative care, perhaps. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because, you know, we're, we have a lot more access to like what preventative things we can be doing right now, such as like standing and not sitting and mm-hmm. things like that, that you can implement and, and hopefully maybe have an impact on some of these things if they come back telling a certain story. Tis true. That's awesome. Congratulations and Merry Christmas. To me. To you. <laughs> you earned it. And a happy day. Oh, yeah. January. <laughs> What's inspiring you, Sid? Well, you know, I have here that we're at our 50th and we did our mini celebration right in the beginning. But I do just want to say, I like every week, I'm like, is it super narcissistic to say that we inspire me? <laughs> And I've decided that it's not. <laughs> because truly, I am very proud of us and I'm getting emotional Aww. because hitting the 50th mark was a thing that we always talked about. And I think, you know, we're, we like small gatherings to celebrate things. And we're like, when we hit 25, we'll throw a party. When we get to 45, we'll throw a party. And now we're at 50 and I have no want to throw a party for this milestone I just am so excited for what we've experienced over the last 50 episodes because the things that we talked about were things that we were going through the things that we talked about were things that we care about and that we really feel confidently that other people care about too and we have found a place to share how we feel about things that are important to us and that's that's a big deal Mm -hmm. and that takes work and that takes effort and like sustained effort and I am just, I am inspired by us because I think we did a kick butt job over the last 50 episodes. And I'm not sorry to say that out loud. <laughs> and I'm inspired by you because you are my compass when it comes to all of the things that we work on. Aww. And I am very excited to be in a partnership with you on this project. Love you, Sid. Love you, Bron. This is so <laughs> magical. It is. And I feel like... What's cool, too, is that we're coming up on, like, in January of last year, we were fully in prep mode. Almost Like, we were getting everything situated. Mm -hmm. And so I fully agree. Like, you are the vision behind this magic that we have. And I think to see all the things that we've accomplished together, it's pretty badass. It is pretty badass. Like, (laughs) yeah, like, put that E next to our name on Apple Podcasts. We've earned it. (laughs) 
it is just it's super exciting and to have it be the first episode of 2019 also be our 50th I feel like it's like very symbolic and not planned (laughs) but exciting just the way that it worked out just the way that it worked out so I'm excited for us and also I am an overthinker, but I genuinely mean it when I say the way that our community has rallied around us through this process over the last 50 episodes is also super inspiring. And to see people talk to us about what they want to hear more of, what they enjoyed about what we've done, like the people that are listening to us make this like just as awesome as anything that we can put into it. That's why we do it. And I honestly feel like even this part about like what's inspiring us, what our updates are, like that holds me accountable. Absolutely. Every time. So like when we talk about accomplishments and what we did, like I had exponential growth in 2018 because of what we've built with this podcast. And just like if at all, if it's just the fact that it helped me, I'm like, that's wonderful. (laughs) But the fact that there are people that are like, thank you for, you know, sharing this thought or that a topic hit a chord with someone mm-hmm. and they were able to, you know, m- make a change. The the way that we went about this was like, we're doing this with you and we want this experience to be a collaborative and inspiring project for everyone to be participating in. Absolutely. And so the community is really, uh, really where we're, we're uh, hanging on to you guys for love and support and ready to give you more and a whole nother year of awesome adventures bring it on 2019 50 more (laughs) at least 52 more (laughs) technically considering the number of weeks in a year oh right i forgot (laughs) anyway (laughs) what are we talking about today So today is our monthly Women Inspiring Team QS, and it's only fitting that, again, the first episode of 2019, first episode of January, which turned out to be the same thing, is someone that we both gush over, Mm -hmm. talk about constantly, wish at some point we could just sit with her just to be around her and feel her energy. Um, but today we're talking about Brené Brown and she just like lights a light in all of our beings and like and also a fire under our butts to get moving and get stepped on. <laughs> that for sure is true. Yes. I think what's great about this is that I think there's a continuous effort to discover more from what she's like there's she's never ending with Mm. the like work that she's doing and I think that that's what's cool about what we're going to talk about today and kind of hitting at some of the work that she's done things that we've been inspired by Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah so uh let's speak it queens let's get into it so first who is Brené Brown (laughs) who might you ask who might you be uh so it's very likely that you know her from her TED Talk. Mm-hmm. Very famous. The Power of Vulnerability. It is the number four most viewed. That's crazy. Like, at this point, what, 37 million Which views? Which is crazy. 37 million times. Let's kick her up to number one, though. Ooh. She deserves it. Um, she's also written a few books. And by few, I mean like a handful. (laughs) Something like that. Um, But bestsellers that you may know. The titles of, including Daring Greatly and most recently, Dare to Lead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she's a research professor at the University of Houston and has spent 
the past two decades studying courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy. Which Super are fun topics. All things that we need to have a little bit more awareness of in our lives. Absolutely. And I think what's great about her and the fact that this is like these are her topics of research is that her personality is such a great fit for talking about things that aren't fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. She's if you've heard her talk or heard her on podcasts or read her interviews with her, she's so like weirdly light, but she's so honest and she's so ready to dive into heavy stuff that it doesn't feel heavy when she talks about it. It just feels real because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm seen. Like I feel seen and I feel heard because she's talking about things that I experience all the time. And she's talking about them in such an open way that it allows you to be like, oh, that's a thing we can talk about. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Um, she's just awesome. And I think what you said, like, around all of the things that she has studied and what she preaches on and what she talks about, um, I think what was super cool about her website, and I, like, did a huge deep dive into her website, um, you can see a whole picture of her life and career through her My Story page, which we'll share on uh, the show notes, and you can find that by going to queenspeaking.com. Slash 50. Yes. Um, And so it was so fun because it has humor in addition to, like, her life with her children and her husband as well as, like, her education and her career. But it's on, like, a timeline that you can, like, click over. And she shared photos and, like, yeah, major milestones by year. And it was a really fun, like, storytelling way of getting to know, like, who she is as a person. Um, And another great resource to learn a little bit more about her that I loved and I've talked about, I think, a handful of times before is the Armchair Expert episode of Dak Shepard's um, live interview with her. Um, and that's another one where she shares about like her past and her struggles and, and everything like that. So that's a really good way to like get to know her better before diving into everything. And we're going to give you an overview too. We are. We sure are. Um, so the things that we want to talk about are kind of her pillars of what she talks about um, in her talks and what she's done her research around. And, oh, the other thing that we didn't talk about is that her background is in social work. And I think, like, that's a really, um, I don't know if it's interesting, but I was, like, almost surprised to hear that her background was in social work because I have such a strong picture of what social work is in my mind based on, like, things that I've read and things that I know through working in higher ed. Um, but to know that, like, what her base is is social work and then how she grew out of that and what she does around that topic that involves all of these major pillars um, was super interesting. Yeah, and as you break it down, I think what we talked about before um, about like where her research landed her, um, she talks about a lot vulnerability, imperfection, how that affects leadership. So we're going to kind of like get into some of those aspects of her work but I think the vulnerability piece is really like the core of it or at least that's how I've interpreted all the things that I've consumed around the things that she talks about I would agree with that um but what in terms of vulnerability it's like um the idea that you have to open yourself up to people and like what I also love is that through this process as she's doing these interviews with the research that she was doing where this idea kind of came to fruition for her she was like oh I have to actually go through this same process myself Mm -hmm. and I think that that's really refreshing to know that she was like I can't 
preach this to the world until I get after it myself. Yeah. Um, so what she describes that idea of vulnerability as is um, uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Oof. And that you must believe that you are worthy of love and belonging. Mm-hmm. And that, like, you hear that. And, like, the difference in her TED Talk, she talks about, you know, there you either believe that and are, like, fulfilled and, like, accepting of love and happiness in your life. Or you don't believe that and are living in a world of shame. <laughs> yeah, seriously, though. And that belonging word is super powerful, too, because I think sometimes we think we feel that or we have our own version of understanding what that means but like that true belonging feeling if you don't if you haven't experienced it or if you haven't manifested it yourself and and really lived in it it's Mm life-changing to feel that um i will say that a lot of what i'm going to talk about today is um gained from her blog and she has this great blog on her website that i think there's articles there's excerpts from her books so like anything that we don't cover here can probably be found in one of her many blog posts and what i like about that is that she's writing them you know she's i mean she wrote the book so excerpts are there um but also these interviews that she has with other like famous people about their experience with vulnerability and what that means for them and how they learned how to like feel that risk and exposure and and somewhere along the road understand what that um, sense of belonging really is um so one of the things she talks about in one of the blog posts specifically around vulnerability is um loss and collective pain and how that collective pain allows vulnerability to happen but not feel bad because everybody in the space are experiencing that same loss. And so if you all open yourself up to understanding what that feels like and not hiding it from anybody and understanding that, you know, we're all feeling this pain right now. We're all understanding what it's like to feel the loss of someone, something, something major, that in and of itself is that like vulnerability that we need to connect with other people and that we need to feel close to someone else. Um, And I think like knowing that we can share these moments, it exposes us, but it also opens us up to so much of what allows us to heal. And that was a really powerful thing that came from her Braving the Wilderness book. I should read all of these books. <laughs> but like you said, a lot of what she talks about does stem from that like vulnerability as that main pillar. Yeah, we're going to start a strictly Brené Brown book club. Really though, we TQS. should we totes should. <laughs> that's new. Who's in? That's different. I'm raising my hand. <laughs> Me too. I think that's an important point too that it is painful and exhausting and intense to have to share those things but it's also an understanding of like like I think about it in the sense of a relationship like the reason you and your partner bond so closely is that you share every detail of your life and your experiences from the good to the bad to the painful Mm -hmm. and that's what makes that that bond so intense and so close and imagine if you let that happen with more people my gosh the world would be a better place. And it's so scary, but it's so worth it. Mm-hmm. And you don't know that until you know it. 
I mean, that's a huge hurdle. And one of the things that ends up coming into play is this imperfection piece that like next pillar <laughs> puts up a roadblock in so many ways of like it I think in a lot of ways and she talked about this too is that it comes up as shame and fear of like to you it appears this is a direct quote from her to you it appears as weakness to everyone else it's courage mm-hmm. and so to have that flipped perspective of like you see it as something negative or like I messed up on this or this was a failure or I don't have this to offer the world you you focus on the negative piece of the the puzzle of your life when in reality by you sharing that experience gives people hope Mm -hmm. and understanding and thoughtfulness around something that may be difficult to to talk about and I think that in that that idea of discomfort being difficult or painful or alarming to you, mm-hmm. it's also something that's necessary to like move through the world without numbing, like she talks about too. Absolutely. And I think it's this moment where it's like, you aren't so angry at everyone else because of the pain that you're experiencing because you recognize that other people have pain too. And it is a, it's a, deep hole I feel like you have to go through and again like what I what I really loved about that Dax Shepard interview was that she was very honest about like what she's gone through when it comes to vulnerability and imperfection this isn't just research that she did like you said this isn't just research that she did and was like look at me like writing away about all these things that don't touch me at all like when she realized what she was getting into like she had to do serious work to like understand where she was coming from and how if she was going to move forward on anything she had to do the work on her before she could help anybody else Mm -hmm. and I think I think I talked about this maybe a few episodes ago about like how if you're pulling from nothing then you're not giving away anything good or positive you're giving away something you think is authentic and real but it's not so if you can start to do that personal work and understand what your vulnerability looks like and what your imperfection looks like um, it allows you to eventually come from a place of fullness that you can give some of that away and it Mm -hmm. seems like she is there she is at that place and continues to work at that but she's at a place where she can give away because she's done the work to get filled up in some way with some Mm -hmm. of that some of that stuff um one of the other things that she talked about in a blog post that i really um liked was a a story from her book rising strong so many books (laughs) so many books And it was about a leader at an ad agency who made basically like the wrong call about pitching a potential client, like knew kind of at different points along the way that it wasn't going to work out. And this is really around like that imperfection thing. And in the post, like his perspective is shared. And like when he leans on someone else for help to work through like what he realized and recognized was shame, he could come to terms with it, but understand that owning it and saying it out loud would help other people like see their own imperfection and see his imperfection and feel more comfortable like sharing how they were feeling and I think exactly what you said around that like it appeared to him as weakness but to the people that he was sharing like where he felt weak and felt imperfect and felt like he made a misstep and a mistake they were like thank you for saying that thank you for sharing 
your truth about when you felt like you did something wrong and it allowed other people to speak up and share how they were feeling because they were like, the door has been opened and someone I respect and admire and I see as a very strong and capable person just shared something really scary. So it allows other people to do that too. Yeah, I think that's such an important piece of how everything kind of like weaves really nicely together Mm -hmm. with the work that she does is how... Like, you think, I think the reason why shame ends up taking over and, like, leading you to be like, I'm blaming someone else or, like, I'm going to ignore that this was a problem or we're just going to move forward or, like, not addressing it, period. Mm -hmm. Um, And that can be such a challenge because people usually recognize, like, especially if you're thinking about it from, like, a leadership decision to the team – you can see as team members, you're like, I see what's going wrong. Mm-hmm. You sh- people aren't dumb. Mm-hmm. They are integral to the plan that you are working toward. And so when something doesn't go wrong or a mistake was made and you try to brush it under the carpet, that's worse for you. So to have that moment of vulnerability and accepting that things didn't work out and you are an imperfect human and to say, like, this may be an insecurity for me, but here's an opportunity for progress mm-hmm. and discussion and people to be able to open up in that sense of like, here are things that I've been thinking about and opening up. An, like, I think she talked about it being an opportunity for innovation. Ooh, I like that. And I think that that fuels leadership in such a nice way mm-hmm. of like, you sometimes have to say, hey, this didn't work out. And I need your help. Mm-hmm. Because that's the other thing is leaders don't know everything. And that's, I feel like, and I'll get to this in a little bit, but really talking about like what leadership is. I think everybody has their own definition of what what leadership is and what <clears throat> makes a great leader and who makes a great leader. But really what it comes down to is like who you are as a person and how you lead and and what makes a great leader is trust and openness and like you said like once you lose trust if you're just like spinning your wheel everybody knows it and everybody sees it we see you but we're not gonna say anything right because you're the leader and we're not supposed to say anything and so and i always or you've created a space where saying something is not effective Mm -hmm. or welcome absolutely and like how detrimental is that to the growth of a team when the leader never sees anything wrong with themselves but only sees like everybody else is obviously doing everything wrong like what what's what's going on here like who else can i blame for all of the problems that we're experiencing like you've lost so much that you that could have gone right because you're scared mm-hmm. and you're hurt and all you see is like they're going to hate me or they're not going to trust me or they're not going to like me and it's like well none of those things matter if your team is in the dirt (laughs) like they don't they don't see anything else besides just trying to make you happy like Mm -hmm. that's not their job so so to quote Brene and Forbes vulnerability is not knowing victory or defeat it's understanding the necessity of both it's engaging Mm. it's being all in Oh, yeah. And I was like, yes. Uh, She talks about leading through uncertainty and taking risks and managing exposure. Hmm. And so, like, thinking about this idea as we've been talking about, of like realizing that everything you do isn't 
going to be perfect every time or like being able to see that there are two sides to the coin Mm -hmm. and you have to manage risk with every decision that you make and the only way it's going to be successful is if you're clear and open and sharing the experience with the rest of your team so thinking about it um I think one of the things that I always thought was so important to recognize is as a manager, being able to ask for help and support when you need it Mm -hmm. and admitting like in a situation, I'm uncomfortable too. Mm -hmm. And just having the right frame of mind and tone and opening up that communication and that process of saying, hey, I'm willing to take feedback as well. This is an opportunity for everyone to grow. And so that creates space for growth and pursuit of innovation. Absolutely. And I I think, again, like managing exposure and taking risks, like that's exactly what that story from the ad agency, what that guy was doing every step of the way, what he was doing was like taking risks, managing exposure, but he wasn't saying it to anybody. He wasn't sharing with the team around him. So like when push came to shove and everything kind of fell apart at some point, if he had opened up and and said something to someone that he trusted along the way, there might have been a different outcome or a different like way that that story went. And like, it all works out always all the time. But like, think about, you think about how much could have been saved emotionally if, if you had let go of the shame and understood that like everybody is working toward the same goal and just because you are the leader doesn't mean that you need to be the fall person for everything or find someone else to be the fall person for everything like it's so true needs to be a team effort every time um another blog post (laughs) From, from Brené. Loving that blog. I was going back and forth between being like, do we call her Brown? Like how in the newspaper you refer to no. people as like their last name. She's our name. friend. She's our we friend. call her Brené. You're right. You're right. <laughs> in one of Brené's uh, blog posts, she was talking about, and this was like hugely changing for me, but it was understanding that a lot of people lead from hurt and fear and then use their position of power to fill a self-worth gap and I was like what and like that makes so much sense Mm -hmm. but when you like you've been in a managerial position I've been in like a non-managerial position where like I'm looking at my leader and can go back to that moment like I can see it from different jobs from different opportunities from like anywhere along the way that there's been like a leader in place of some kind you can see when someone's leading from hurt and they're leading from a place of like I'm scared to be here so I'm gonna make some some wacky calls (laughs) and you're like I don't know that's a great idea um but they've now made she talks about how it's now a dangerous situation because if that person's leading from the self-worth perspective, then like they don't care about you or they don't care about like what you need or what's going to help you be successful. And like, I must survive. I must not be unseated. Exactly. And like, how scary is that to say out loud? Like it can come in so many forms, but like Mm -hmm. calling it what it is, which is what you just said, you're just like, oh, that's a red flag. Like that doesn't feel very good. Um, And, you know, in her new book, Dare to Lead, she explains the difference when you're leading through her. You're not just working your personal stuff out on 
yourself, you're working it out on other people. And when you're in, like I said, like that power struggle and you're in the leadership position, like it can be so much worse for the person receiving that. And that's when it gets a little dicey. And that's when things start to be like, Ooh, I like, I don't like this situation anymore. I don't want to be in this position with the person who's in the leadership role right now because of the way they're treating people. Um, and that's all coming from that place of personal hurt. Mm -hmm. Um, and the standout quote for me for that blog post was, it's not the leader's job to prevent risks, but to create a safe and trusting environment where our people can take risks. And that was from a different executive, not her, but still very smart. Um, and I just was like, that's, awesome that's awesome and then she goes on to say that this leader in particular leads with heart and leads with like their their like whole selves versus coming from a hurt place yeah and I was like whoa that's really powerful and I think to hear the examples too shows because I think a lot of people witness the negative aspects of leadership and so they assume that they have to assume that role Mm -hmm. when they get into that place but if you are hearing and reading and understanding like this works I should be vulnerable I should think about things from a new perspective and not just like fall into the system that has been established Mm -hmm. instead like thinking about how can I break through and in this case this is perfect chance for us to talk about how we can actually start to implement these tools into our own Mm day-to-day whether it's from a personal standpoint or like where you are in your role and how to talk about your perspective Mm -hmm. and make it more comfortable for people to do the same absolutely and I think first and foremost like what comes up for me is just being able to share your story and like understanding that I think she talks about this in her TED Talk, too, is reminding yourself that you're enough. Oof. And we know that... I I love that statement. Um, but I think to know that you have worth, mm-hmm. you understand that you are worthy of love mm-hmm. and and belonging, and to be in the, that place of, like, this... I, I have a place in this world, mm-hmm. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to participate. And you'll That's find huge. What you just said is huge. Yeah. I'm choosing to participate. Yeah. Um, but I think on the flip side, too, is just like having that chance to own up to mistakes that you experience or things that happen that don't go well. Or maybe it's like a true failure. And instead of falling on the ground and never getting up again, what can you do? What can you learn? How do you ask for help? Mm-hmm. And learning to be comfortable asking for help. I think that's the hardest part. And that's where like the imperfection and vulnerability and shame and fear all kind of like swirl together in this scary place of so like scary. sometimes all you have to say is like, hey, can you give me a hand? Mm-hmm. And that's the starting point of change. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, this one is, oh, I love this so much. Say, I don't know, instead of pretending to know. It's so hard to do sometimes. <laughs> I could, like, when I read that, I was like, I can think of so many times where I was like, yeah, totally. <laughs> I can handle it. Soups in, into that idea. What? 
Yeah. You're like, where's my dictionary to figure out what that word means? Exactly. (laughs) But like, what are we ashamed of? If anybody says anything about it, that's their problem. You know, like, but it's so hard to remember that in the moment of like, if you're face to face with a leader or with someone you really admire or someone you thought like, hey, I can, I can understand what they're saying. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're like, you're feeling a little behind. It's really easy to go and default. They're like, sure. Yeah, I get that. Like, make that awful face where you're, like, sprinting for the resource to help you through that moment. But it is, it's not helping anybody by pretending. And it's allowing you to, like, shut down a part of yourself instead of having that be a vulnerable moment and open yourself up to learning something. Like, actually learning something. Yeah. So. And it's better to ask a question to get clarity than to assume what's necessary and not provide the tools or the solution that they were looking for. Because that could turn out way bad. Yeah. I always remember this from uh, an intern experience that I had where I had to go to the post office. And I am I lived in the suburbs. And so we had, it was just a post a office. There was a post office in our town. Like it mm-hmm. was a street away. It was easy. I was downtown. Oh no! And like I had deep downtown. No idea where to park, or where to go, or where to find a post office. And it was in. It was like inside of a building, and I just got so confused and flustered. I ended up going to UPS and paying double the price <laughs> for what I needed to get. And then was like, and it took me three times as long because I was just driving around trying to figure Aww. out. And it was one of those situations where I could have been like, hey, I'm not accustomed to the downtown area. Can you give me directions and explicit instructions on where I should be parking and where I need to go once I'm inside this building that's unfamiliar to me? Well, and like, think about that, right? I feel like old old me, at least, would have been like, well, screw that boss for not giving you better directions and like thinking, just expecting you to know what to do. But like then that's that's blame game and Mm -hmm. that is pushing off responsibility and that is exactly what Brené tells us not to do because it is a moment where you have this like self-help where you can say like hey I need help with something and I get to ask for that Mm -hmm. and only after that if the person doesn't help you do they get to be the a-hole like if if they've not thought of it like maybe that's like short-sighted thinking on their part but they're not bad people (laughs) because of that but that gave you such an opportunity right there to say like hey I need help with something and I don't know what I'm doing so like no shame in my game I'm gonna ask for help and um it really is easy to flip that pretty quickly if you're still in the mindset of like everybody's serving me instead of what I what can I do to serve myself right and what you can do to serve yourself is ask for help yeah and you've been given a task and now it's up to you to figure it out figure it out and by fi- and like that's the thing though because I used to think figure it out meant don't ask for help and just go and figure it out. But I think it is asking for help, asking for help, and knowing when to say I don't know. Right, and like all of those things fit into the figure it out category in my mm-hmm. mind because that's a thoughtful, real question. That so you we're have. giving you the asterisk <laughs> to that perspective of. Here's what's going to happen to you perhaps in life and figure it out equals ask questions if you need clarity. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I think, you know, I think those are great. The only things I have to add are, like, the short-term discomfort over the sustained anger conversation of, like, just just know it's going to be uncomfortable. Just know that like the discomfort you're about to feel will be felt and it's 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 going to happen, but it's not going to last and it's not going to be the thing that breaks you. But what will build is that like anger toward the person that you didn't have that uncomfortable conversation with, that you couldn't figure out how to map it out and then actually have it or ask for help or figure figure out what your next step should be. That discomfort lasts for such a short amount of time, but that anger only grows. And I think that that's a really important thing that she talks about that we can actually utilize. Like we can go and like do that thing. We can implement that. And the other thing is give yourself a break. And that's a really hard thing to do, but I feel like that's at the base of what she talks about with all of these scary things, with all of these people that are like, you need to own your stuff. You need to figure out what, like what is making you tick and figure out how to not make it someone else's problem unless you're paying them like a therapist (laughs) to make it their problem. But you need to step back and be like, I can be imperfect here. I can be vulnerable. I can give myself a break to have days where I don't have it together and I'm not owning it, but that doesn't mean that tomorrow I can't get back on the horse and do it differently. Bless you. <laughs> it's never happened in 50 episodes. A sneeze. Those very spontaneous sneeze, too. That's a big one. So, <laughs> um, we love Brené Brown. She has a lot to offer us. I think anything that we can talk about how to implement, like, Going and reading these blog posts, going and reading her books, she outlines really good nuggets of information that you can then implement into your own life. Very, not easily because it's really hard work, but you're like, that's clear as day. (laughs) Like, I can see how that fits into my world and into my life, but it's going to take a lot of work to do it. Yeah, I think that's the important piece of this is that it's very clear and very simple what you should do and what makes sense in these situations and the guidance that it's just like be vulnerable yeah and then you're like what so that idea of taking the time to build these habits is just going to make for a i just think of all the conversations we've had about like in you're going to be more emotionally intelligent you're going to help make the world a better place you're going to be a better leader and you're going to have a better assessment on your own like stress and understanding of what you provide to your workplace and to your team or you know in your relationships absolutely yeah we love her i'm gonna read her books all of them (laughs) we should do that stay tuned book club 2019 maybe Meaning, it will take Brianna the entire year to read a book. That'll be our own style of book club. Yeah. It'll be one year. (laughs) Read a book when you feel like it. (laughs) Let us know if you read one. I think that's the best way to go for us. Chapter one, great. (laughs) Six months later, chapter two, awesome. (laughs) We got this. It's totally fine. Let's be vulnerable, guys. Yes. There's no other way to be. Shall we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us on Instagram and Twitter at queen underscore speaking and tell us all about it. Find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week.